Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am your host, Craig Hanks. And over there, he's Ken. Ken, hey. I am Ken. This you is me, are Ken. Ken. Ken is covering his five head, apparently. <laughs> um, if you're watching it just on YouTube. Keeps going. The thing is, you Ken, the hat and it just Ken, has going. A, Ken has a perfectly good head of hair but uh i think i think you're you're in your head now that you're what can you just hit uh 76 77 63 thank you oh okay how old are you 50 I'm 50 wow that's right yeah that's right you just turned 50 anyway uh all right so ken is here and we're joined by special guest little red book how you doing i'm doing great craig how are you you know not too bad not too bad because um we're about to uh do another episode today's or i should say another red wall episode and our final red wall episode which i'm kind of glad about uh if i'm being honest and i'll tell you why it's not anything like you know earth shattering or whatever but i'm kind of glad it's our last episode but we're talking matameo now matameo is the uh, i think it was the third book published i think it went red wall and moss flower then matameo if i'm not mistaken i i, I think that's right uh, but anyway, I'll double check. Uh, yeah, it, it was the third book in the Redwall series. So uh, this one is w- where Mossflower was a direct prequel to Redwall, showing the the coming of Martin the Warrior and his battle to liberate Mossflower Wood and all that. This is d- a direct sequel to Redwall, following Matmeo, uh, the son of Matthias from the first book. So. That's the one we're talking about today. Before we get there, of course, I'll remind everybody to go to thelegendarium.com to check out a few things. I have something else to add today than normal, okay? Yes, you can check out past episodes. Yes, you can check out the calendar for future episodes uh, so you can read along with us. We, we love that. You can also get the links to Patreon to support the show and to Discord to join the conversation. But a fifth thing today is there is now a page open for the 2024 meetup here in Utah. This will be our 10th anniversary meetup. Uh, It will take place between February 23rd and 25th. Uh, And then the the main event will be that Saturday, February 24th. Um, There's a little bit of information on dates and whatnot. um, And we will populate that page with more information as we get it, as far as what's going to be happening that weekend, um, what sort of you know, prizes or guests or events that we have going on. Um, but we are we are busy at work getting that stuff set up for you. So go check that out. It's uh, uh, thelegendarium.com slash meetup. Or if you just go to the front page, you'll see it right up there at the top. Uh, so go check that out. It's free, by the way. It, so if you're local, you can come and just hang out. Uh, if you are, the reason I did this, Red's shaking her head. How dare you? How dare you make it free? <laughs> How the dare thing you is, make something about it? I know that there are people coming in, like Kip, Kip Tan will be coming in from Maine, and, and who knows who's going to be coming in from Oregon and Washington and, and wherever else. If you get here, I don't want you to have to pay another 50 bucks to walk through the door. You know, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, it is, uh, it's going to be free entry. But of course, we'll have a, a, a tip jar, donation jar, whatever you want to call it. So that'll be there. Anyway, tip, all... tip heavily, all you people, <laughs> like $50. <laughs> so, so we'll be doing that in February, and we hope that you'll come join us if you can. It, I, I don't have a ton of details on exactly what's going to be happening because those plans are still in the works. But what I can guarantee is that it will be a good time. I, I promise that. 
So if you are at all able to come out for a weekend, uh, then then please do so. Details there, thelegendarium.com slash meetup. Okay, Matt Tomeo, the third book in the Redwall series. Ken, you got a recap for us? I got a recap for us. All right, let's it's, hear it. It's a good recap too. So <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Well, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't need to disclaimer that all of my recaps are fantastic. I agree. So, <laughs> thank you, Red. You can come here anytime. Eight seasons have now passed. Don't call them years because we're talking about animals with short lifespans here. But eight years of, or eight seasons have passed since Matthias took up his mantle as the warrior mouse of Red Wall, the heir to Martin the warrior, and led the vicious, clumsy, the scourge to his death. That actually was, a, <laughs> that was actually an autocorrect in the, uh, as I was typing this out, and I left it there because I just thought it was so funny. Clumsy, the scourge. <laughs> so she, she fell over himself. Anyway. Life has been good over the past two years. Uh, sorry, seasons. Matthias and Cornflower had a baby. He's growing up to be a spoiled, entitled brat. So what better way to teach the heir of the Sword of Martin a lesson than by allowing an old enemy to sneak into the Abbey, drug everyone, and steal off with Matameo and a bunch of other Abbey kids? Tale as old as time. Turns out that uh, that fox, Slagar the Cruel, is actually the old double-crosser chicken hound himself. You remember him, don't you? double 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 crosser along with his mom. He tried to pillage and loot Red Wall, set them out, uh, or then sell them out to Clooney and got himself snake bite to the face for his trouble. Well, he somehow survived that. <clears throat> Don't ask questions. And now he's back to take his unjustified revenge on Matthias and the Red Wallers. Blames them for all of his troubles. Typical villain mentality. He and his roving band of upstanding slavers light off with the Redwall kids and a bunch of other neighborhood kids, which is good for the team of rescuers when they go after the bad guys and join forces with other search teams, including the wickedly coolly named Orlando the Axe. I do. That is, what a great name. I'm sorry. That is a fantastic name. Orlando the Axe. That's great. Yep. I got something to say about that. In the meantime... With the Abbey protectors all taken off of Baltimore of Ravens, I think that's what they're called, and other gutter birds decide it's the perfect opportunity to lay siege to Redwall. Luckily, the uh, Abbey folk are all clever, and they use a series of tricks and tunnels and ghostly craftiness to, uh, and a healed raptor of their own, forgot that, you know, to drive them all away and save the day. Yay, and it goes without saying, Team Matthias catches up with the slave or the cruel. They save the kids, fight about a million rats, liberate the slave town of Malcaris. Malcaris? I can't remember. Slagar dumbs himself to death like all of our villains in these stories. And the lesson learned, Matameo has found a newfound perspective and all is right with the world. Yay, we're back at Redwall. Things are good. <laughs> in story. Right. Very nice, very nice. Red, how did it go? How did you like Matameo? So I was wondering why we were reading Matameo in the Temple of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Expound. Instantly what I thought of, because you have this weird god thing (laughs) that's instructing people to be enslaved and build something. It's not, it's supposed to be a kingdom, but it doesn't really seem like it's a kingdom. It's very weird. It's a lava pit to hell. Okay. It, yeah. It just kind of felt that way a little bit. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, the author is a good writer. He actually does something uh, very interesting um, in his writing. He writes just a touch above what I think these books are, the age group that I think this book is aimed at. Okay. Um, his he does some pretty complex sentences and lots of 
Okay, actually. The sky had ceased its weeping over moss flower. Gray clouds had started rolling back to reveal the powder blue vault above, and the warmth began seeping through to dry the woodlands as they as the sun continued its journey into summer. So there's a whole lot of phrasing and paragraphs and descriptions yeah, yeah. like that, that I think are just a little bit above, like I would give this to an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, just a little bit above it, just pushes the readers. And I really enjoyed that part about this book. Read, I, read that part for me one more time, just that sentence, uh, because there's something about the, the vault uh, above. I want to get to that phrase. Okay. Um, gray clouds had started rolling back to reveal the powder blue vault above. Yeah. And, yeah. Just so, so, so <laughs> I, I love that because, um, it, it gives you, uh, it gives you an alternate understanding of the word vault, you know, which mm -hmm. we, we talk about vaulted ceilings, right? This is a, a word that we still retain this definition for, uh, but we don't, we don't use it in everyday language, but you can get from context what the word vault here means, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm really with you on that. Uh, it's something that I uh, have commented on in previous episodes, but I, I think it's exactly what you say, Red. It, it's just enough above that if you're a 10 year old and you're reading this, you're not lost, but you're challenged. Right. And I really, really enjoyed that about this story. And as an adult, it's fun to read because it, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful language. Um, but the whole back to the Temple of Doom thing, there's like a <laughs> lot of sudden murder <laughs> in this book. Like sure. it's, a very, okay. it's very whimsical. And then you have a fox sho shoving his employee off a cliff. Or you have <laughs> like that giant were rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and gosh. In the pit. That, yes oh yeah. yes yeah and it's just like it you know i don't have a problem with dark fiction for children um i don't know that it would get published today because we're all a lot more scream squeamish than we used to be i i maybe maybe i'm not totally sure on that but i think it's uh it's a fair idea to bring up i'm i'm not 100 percent sold on it but you might be right um but I, I actually want to touch on that a little bit because it's something that we've talked about from previous books, but it really kind of, at, finally at the end of this one, it made me go, you know what? Enough. Enough. Okay. Because what happens is to make the bad guys bad guys, he has them constantly just like murdering each other, right? Pushing each other off of cliffs or out of trees or stabbing each other in the back or whatever. This, you know, so it's like death is present but uh but it's always the bad guys that do it so when the good guys kill somebody it's vague it's in battle mm -hmm. uh, and it's and it's only kind of glossed over if it's described at all right you know the the vermin took heavy losses or whatever um and so it's kind of implied that yeah the bad guys finally they, they stuck them full of arrows yeah go good guys whatever but yeah. that's only ever implied and i'm gonna jump to the finale of the book or at least the the finale of um, of slagar's uh journey in this book where he he dies by accident right like 
it kind of like Sarmina does in Mossflower, where she well, drowns. And, and Clooney does. They and Clooney all, does all three of them. That's that's what I was saying in uh, earlier. Is that the main bad guy, the main villain of every single story has has been vanquished by the good guy by accidentally doing it themselves. Right. So so Clooney there falls are, off the tower. <clears throat> Sar- there are, Sarina drowns herself. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There are a couple of reasons why I assume that this is the case uh, or why it might be okay that this is the case. Uh, I'm trying to put myself in Brian Jake's, <laughs> Brian Jake's head um, where you don't, you don't want to uh, de-sympathetic your protagonists, right? Especially for kids. Like, you know, it's the old thing that was, that was never actually quite true, but the old thing about like Batman never kills, um, you know, that doesn't mean that the bad guys never die in Batman, but Batman never kills him, right? I don't uh, have to right. save you. It's it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, so, you, you know, you don't want your good guys to have to kill anybody, even though that it's utterly justified in every conceivable way, right? But still, you're like, well, I'm writing this for 10-year-olds. I, I'm not going to have them kill the bad guy. So the bad, bad guy will meet their fate another way. The other thing that it could possibly, and I don't know anything about Brian Jakes's uh, uh, religious background, but it does strike me as a way for somebody to potentially communicate the idea of providence uh, or mm-hmm. karma or something along those lines where it's like, right, this happened to Sarmina or this happened to Slagar because they are bad. And when you're bad, bad things happen to you. Or, you know, in in, in a, the providential case, it's like, uh, you know, God will make bad things happen to you if you're a bad person. It's a simplistic moral, but maybe there's something along those lines. Either way, honestly, it kind of frustrated me a little bit. And this is what I was getting at at the beginning of the episode where I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm, I'm good on Redwall for our coverage of it. Because... If you were to ask me, hey, what do you think of this book? I would say, oh, for reference, see previous two episodes. That is what I think of this book. There's no, there's no difference. There's difference in the plot, of course. But even those are kind of minor differences in the plot. It, it's fairly uh, formulaic even now by the third book. Um, there are just, you know, a, a few extra pieces of spice put into the mix um you know we can talk i think we should talk about um oh what's his uh, uh matt Tomeo's journey from being an entitled brat to not being an entitled brat you know there are things like that that are different than previous books uh, and that's fine but does that make sense like it's uh, how how should i how should i put this okay my kids <laughs> are seven and ten and they love repetition as as i i shouldn't say all kids all kids yes almost all kids love repetition they'll watch the same show the same movie over and over and over again when i was nine i remember going to my friend uh my friend adam's house and all i wanted to do every time was watch homeward bound the incredible journey because i was a decent (laughs) and well brought up person um that's all i wanted to do every single weekend right and he, he got a little tired of it but i never got tired of it so if I'm a kid 
I'm if I'm 10, 11, 12, and I'm reading through the Redwall series, I don't mind. I don't care that it's repetitious. Rep- repetitious? Repetitive? Yep. Let's yeah. go with repetitive on this one. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, I don't care if I'm 10, it, but, you know, in my mid to late 30s, yeah, it, it does wear on me a little bit. And I am kind of done reading these books. Is that fair? What do you guys think? I think it's fair. I Sorry, I unloaded like three things on you. Can the well, bad guys kill? Uh, is there karma in Moss Flower? And do we like the repetition? Okay, there's a lot to talk about. Go for it. So, well, Martin, I, the, I oh, think... Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Red. No, go ahead. I think like... Uh, you were saying, I mean, these are targeted to children. And I like, by the way, that they are targeted a little bit above uh, or, or they're, they're written a little bit above the, the range that they're probably targeted for. I imagine these are probably for late elementary school mm-hmm. children, something to that effect. And they're written a little bit. Those are the kind of books I enjoyed reading when I was younger. I liked reading above my grade. And so I think it's good for in that respect for children to read above their grade. And I think it's going to hit on some topics that maybe – kids can think about like well like you said craig i mean is it okay for uh your heroes to kill you know it's a common trope in in movies especially action movies you'll see the good guys never kill animals you know because they're the good guys you know they'll lock them up they'll chain them behind a fence they'll do something they'll they'll trap them so they can't harm anybody but they'll never kill the animals bad guys kill animals good guys are good guys same same kind of i've seen john wick yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you you get it. So, um, so I like I like that fact, and I like the fact that you know the Matameo, and this is a character that kids will probably relate to. It's like, oh, I'm a little kid too. Oh, I should have more gratitude. I should have be more appreciative of the things I have, you know, or whatever. And so, short answer, long. Yeah, I agree with you. Hmm. Yeah. All right. On yeah. the hey, red, what do you think about? The character, Matameo? About, we've talked about eight different things. I know. I'm just like trying to follow exactly. Go ahead and pick one. So the character, (laughs) Matameo, it's not so much that he's privileged. It's that he resents the pressure that he is being put under. Like he is supposed to be the heir and he really resents that. And he's very, he's, he's angry at his dad and and that is a really good point he gets really he learns how to channel anger in this story like he snaps well when they're being kidnapped he snaps at his friends he snaps at his friends yeah and then he learns how to channel that anger and i think that people who have powerful parents and we just recorded on, on, on another book for green team people who have powerful parents have a certain set of issues because their parents are busy and they don't have time and you're always being handed off to somebody else. And you are also expected to do the thing that your parents Mm. did. And that's what I got out of that character. Um, As far as being done with this, I've only read this one and Redwall. And you didn't read Mossflower. How dare you not follow along with the podcast? I will never forgive you. (laughs) Well, you can fire me if you want. <laughs> um, the Rube Goldberg machine of getting to the prize is so annoying. Uh, so, I, but, but I can understand why oh, kids like yeah. it. 
But are I, you talking about like uh, with all the dominoes that have to fall for the resolution to happen? It's like it, nope. it's, it stretches your credulity. No, it's the this is how we have to find the sword. But there's all these weird clues about it. This is how we have mm. to find the the old Abbey. And there's I love that, that stuff. That's I, I, I understand it. why kids like it to do it twice in the same in successive books is I was just like, seriously. You're going to use a tree because the tree could burn down in a forest fire. Like, why are we using a tree? Just tell yeah. them, give them a map. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not just that. It was so long. I'm like, oh my gosh, this so just long. keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's. How many steps is this? We have to, we have to find the, the tomb of the abbess. And then we right. have to figure, I'm just, just like, yeah, seriously. I'm sorry. A lot of divine providence <laughs> that needed to be in place. And as far as the religion thing, I think it has a very Catholic-esque feel where Martin the warrior is not God, but he's a saint. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe Church of England. I, again, I don't know anything about I don't Ryan either. Jakes's uh, background, his religious background. So what I know he was born in Liverpool, but that's the best I got. What What religion is an abbey from? Well, there are either. Protestant Catholics. Yeah, that both yeah. Have I say I don't. I, that was a legit question. I don't know. I just know abbeys are religious type. Yeah, we don't have a ton of abbeys out in the uh, western desert of the United States. So mm. we have and, Hogan's. Uh, we have what? Hogan's. Hogan's. You never heard that term? We'll talk no. about. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Ken is apparently going to school me on my hometown soon. So. No. No. No, that's great. No, I, I actually, I want to go back to, well, there's a couple things that we could talk about. Let's talk about the above grade thing, that this idea that they're, that they stretch kids. Because uh, you guys have both brought up, and I talked about it too, the idea that these are written just above um, grade level, so to speak, right? It's, it's targeted at 10 year olds, but, uh, you know, maybe it's more comprehensible to a 13 or 14 year old, that sort of idea. I... I want to kind of push back on that a little bit and just say that these are above grade now with our modern uh, understanding of writing and reading and all that. Um, this is, I, I don't want to make this point too strongly because I am a big proponent of, Hey, things change and that's okay. Uh, but it is the case it, I, I guess I want to stress, and that's okay. But it is the case that things have changed and that kids uh, take longer to be able to read more complex things. You can discuss whether that's the case in other areas. I'm not saying kids are not as complex now. You know, it's just they have other things to grab their attention, video games and, and television and movies and, and uh, comic books and things of that nature where, you know, I think a lot about when The Hobbit was published. The Hobbit is published for, I think it was Rainer Unwin who gave his review as a kid. And was like, this book should appeal to uh, anyone above the age of eight, you know, whatever. And so you give it to an eight-year-old now, it'd be a pretty special eight-year-old who reads The Hobbit on his or her own. And is like, oh yeah, no, I totally got it. You know, that's that's a an advanced reading kid. Um and the same thing is true here, where um, Matameo was published in 1989. Uh, you know, obviously that's not 1938, <laughs> but the same thing kind of holds true where um, I, I think there is a change now in how 
advanced, you know, in quotation marks, in scare quotes, we should say, how advanced kids are at reading at a certain age. And I I think it has gotten further and further back age-wise. And so I guess my only point with that is um, when he published it, was it above grade? I'm not so sure. Maybe a bit, but maybe not as much as it would be now. What do you think? I'm going to push back on The Hobbit. I think The Hobbit was written for their parents to read to the children. It was not meant for children to read. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Rainer Unwin was the son of a publisher, so we can assume he had a lot of books, you know, put in front of him. I think that it's just that kids are not being taught to read correctly. That's what I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, we could have a whole conversation about a that. Friend, a friend of mine produced a documentary that came out earlier this year, I think. It was all about uh, how we've muffed teaching kids to read mm-hmm. uh, for the last 15, 20 years, at least. Maybe at 30. least. Yeah. So anyway. I want to, you can cut this, Craig. I want to tell a story. No. I did not learn how to read until the third grade. Nice. My my mom got me glasses and she put me in a phonics program and I was reading uh, from kin- kindergarten level until at the end of, at the beginning of my third grade year to at the end, I was reading Chronicles of Narnia by myself. Nice. Just learning nice. phonics. It's amazing. The glasses thing. Like, oh the my glasses gosh. <laughs> that helps Once we you're like, yeah. Once, once you figure out that a kid just is having a hard time seeing something and therefore that's why they're having a hard time reading it. Like, oh man. It's, but it, uh, yeah, but it's it was shocking. the phonics. It was the phonics. Oh yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Yep. So. so I consider me a giant proponent of phonics. Um, I, what, what's, I'm trying to remember all the whole word method is what has been taught yes, for the last like 20 terrible. or 30 years. That's what I was complete taught. BS. I'm, oh, I'm, we're going to yeah. keep this family friendly for the Redwall episodes. It's BS. <laughs> it's garbage. And if you catch your school or your teacher using the whole word method, um, you have my permission to take them out of school. No, that's that. I'm joking. <laughs> if, but teach them, teach them phonics at home. If anybody who, in the sound of my voice wants to know a really good set of books that I taught my children to read with hit me up on the DMS on discord. And I will tell you. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've got a few of those anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess the point of all this is if there's a kid who's actually, who's literally trying to learn to read, these probably wouldn't be the books for them, but after they've gotten through a few things, this'll be fine. Um, for, um, for those of us who no longer have kids in school, can you, uh, give me the 10 second synopsis of what the whole word method is. Uh, the whole word method is basically guesswork where oh. you give a kid a sentence um, and they have to, or that you give them, yeah, they have to use contextual clues to figure out what, not what a word means, but what a word, what is, word is, how you pronounce it, how you read it. Give them the first uh, and last letter and guess what's in the middle. Yeah, kind, kind of, yeah, something like yeah. that. And you, you know, yeah. if, you have pictures and I, but as soon as you get away from having books with pictures, I mean, you're done. Yeah, we did. This is a, that this is a really kids. good example, by the way, of oh. knowing what a word is contextually because you can pronounce the word and you that the, the vault word, the vault yeah. word. <laughs> I 
<laughs> we go. are so off the, topic. <laughs> the whole no, no, that's that okay because kids, there's so. just not that much to talk about that we didn't talk about in the last <laughs> couple of books. Uh, the whole word approach teaches kids to read by sight and relies upon memorization via repeat exposure to the written form of a word paired with an image and audio. No, uh, so, we did yeah, the no hard. We pass. did the syllabic breakdowns with our kids when they brought home their reading stuff. We just. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. That's how I learned. That's how you're going to learn. And it worked well. And all of our kids read very well. So, <laughs> so clearly I am the best parent ever. That's I, I my was... kids were reading by the time they were four. Oh, oh my. you win. Oh my. Okay. All right. The other thing I wanted to bring up. All right. We talked about the above grade thing. Now let's actually get into this text and, and talk more about what's going on in Matameo. Let's talk about Matameo. You guys talked about how he's kind of a brat he's privileged or whatever but i, I want to talk about that as well um is he privileged um because <laughs> it seems almost obvious like of course he's privileged but the way their society works is he really privileged or is he famous um, and in 2023, when we're recording this, in 2023, America, or Western society generally, but especially America, let's be honest, yeah. if you are famous, that is privilege. That is currency, almost literally currency. Fame is currency, right? And so we read him, we like with our modern coding, we read Matt Mayo as privilege. Um and that's why he's such a brat, right? But Ken, was it you saying earlier? I think it was a pretty astute point. I, one of you wow. said um, that he, it's it's not that he's privileged. It's it's that he is like rebelling against expectations. No. Who was it? That was, was that Red? Was red. Red. All right. Sorry. My red apologies. That said that if it was that Here astute, I go. So. <laughs> Erasing your your masterful point. Yeah. It's you knew not it that. Couldn't be true. <laughs> It's not that he has more, you know, means than other kids in the in the colony or Warren or whatever we right. want to call Redwall. Um, it's that he has more fame and that creates pressure. Um, and so I, I think it's a it's a small distinction, but uh, potentially an interesting one. What do you guys think? Well, I think that uh, as far as wealth and whatnot. He's pretty, I mean, it's such a small community. I don't even know if famous is the right word. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so few pe people in this community and there's so few kids. It's just uh, what I was getting at is that his father is very, very busy and very, very admired. And he's expected to be his father. And yeah. he, he yeah. can't be. He can't be his father. He has to be some himself. And so... Well, let's say, like, think about it in human terms. You know, if you're living in a in a community with a uh, hundred thousand other people, then some people will be more famous than others, right? Okay, that's fine. Sure. Now, let's say you're living in a community with a hundred people. Um, you all know each other, but there's still, you know, think of your junior high cafeteria or whatever. There's still the cool kids table. Um, and if you if you kind of inherit that cool kids table, there are those expectations mm -hmm. that that go along. Right, I agree with that. With that. Right. Yeah. All right, Ken, what yeah. do you think about all this? I think that Red is absolutely correct. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Actually, um, I I think I think 
saying he was uh, spoiled and entitled was probably sim- simplistic when I yeah. said it. However, it's not completely inaccurate. It's just they have what for the last two years could be seen as a very good life. They, they saved the Abbey and everything has been banquets and chestnuts and, and fun and frolic, you know, and, and, and it's a good life. And I think that he is, this has been his entire life, not just him, but you know, all of the other little kids, this is, they've not known hardship. This is, this is, here's your hardship and you're going to get it, you know, Good and hard and on a ship. You know, it's. <laughs> I, I was waiting for him to say, like, "He's not going to do it. He's not going to yep. do it." <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. Yep. So uh, so they're they're experiencing their first real adversity here, you know, yeah. and in in I I think a little bit of a simplified for a twelve year old style, you know, who, who most well, I won't say most twelve year olds because a lot of twelve year olds have you know problems and stuff, but. My 12 year olds did not. They always, we never, we always told them, you do not realize how good you got it. And, you know, that's, you know, that so. is ultimately the, the antidote to, uh, to that kind of bratty, privileged thing is perspective and yeah. knowledge, right? And that's what Matt Mayo gains throughout the course of the book, right? He, exactly. he eventually gets some perspective. Um, uh, to understand his actual position in the world, not just his perceived position in the world. Is that, is that right? I mean, if you've never been hungry, <laughs> right. you've got like 99% of the population I, of the I, world. Beat. I was just going to say, exactly. <laughs> like to those listening to us right now, it, it's almost, uh, probably not quite this stark, but it's almost as though, if you have the means to listen to this podcast right now, you are privileged. End of story. It's just that that's it. Period. Um, now, does that is that such a bad thing? No, it's not such a bad thing as long as you understand that and recognize it and and um, and don't become spoiled and entitled the way the Matt Mayo was at the beginning of the book. Right. 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 There. Okay, that's I th- why I do my gratitude lists every day to remind people. Oh, that's right. So yeah, Discord. <laughs> so thelegendarium.com, click on the link to Discord. And then at the end of every day in the general chat, Red does her list of five things she's grateful for that day. Uh-huh. That is uh, like, it's uh, it's funny and it's a meme and it's, uh, you know, it's always heartwarming and, and fun and all those things. But it really is something that I think we could all do more of. So it doesn't have to be on Discord in public or whatever. But if you <laughs> if you journal, make that part of your journaling every day. Put a list of things that you're grateful for at the top of your journal entry and then go on and, and write the rest of it. And uh, it, it'll change the way you journal or, you know, or whatever. It, you know? it changes the way you think about life. And it was actually yes. I, I um, learned to do that when I was um, going through my divorce and I took a grief class. And that was one of the mm-hmm. things we had to do is remember to be grateful. Remember to be grateful. You have running water, guys. You are way ahead. Yeah. I I remember uh, I was in, when when I was a missionary in France, uh, we went to eat dinner with this um, older woman. She was about 70 or so. Um, So this kind of retiree woman who had nothing, nothing. And she made us lamb chops. And I am sure she spent almost all that she had to buy them. 
and then she cooked them. And, but when I, I, I use the term cooked loosely, like it was, uh, <laughs> they were literally frozen in the middle. Uh, this, this was dangerous food to eat and all the same. I remember, so, you know, Mormon missionaries always have a companion with them, right? They go two by two. And so uh, I was told my companion who was younger than me, uh, he was like, I don't know, man. She'd walked out for at some point. He goes, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I can eat it. I, I stared him down. I was like, you will eat that. And you will tell her it was amazing. <laughs> that kind of perspective. <laughs> you will be grateful that, you know, for for this thing that this person has done for you. You will. Yep. Or I will murder you right <laughs> and here. And if we spend the next two days throwing up, so be it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We That's right. We can pay for the medical bills. That's she can right. barely pay for pork chops or lamb chops or whatever. So anyway, uh, sorry. We are going on tangents. But ultimately, it's because like. This is. This is the perspective it's, that Matameo has given us. It's allowed us to go. reflect on the things of our life. See, <laughs> Brian Jakes is a brilliant. So that being said, I there think we can go back to the text. Um, and I, I just want to do, honestly, if we're done here in the next five or 10 minutes, that's fine. But maybe we can just bring up some like favorite moments or quotes or whatever. And here's mine or one of mine is, if you had asked me a couple years ago or a year ago before we started getting back into Redwall, tell me something about Redwall. You know, tell me some of the the favorite moments or characters or whatever. You know what I would have brought up, you know, as like my fourth or fifth entry into my favorite things was the Gwosin. Uh And I had forgotten that they came into play in this book. The gorilla, what was it? Uh, the Gorilla Union of Shrews in Mossflower. Oh, right, right. <laughs> there are there are certain groups or characters or events that really uh, just grabbed my attention as a kid, and the Guosim was one of them. Uh, the hares, kind of generally, were another. Uh, and then the crows. We've got General Ironbeak, the crows and ravens, uh, or what are they? Rooks, I think they are. Rooks, rooks, and, and magpies and, and crows magpies, and all that. Yeah. I think um, the only crow is uh, the mystic. I think the, all the rest of them are rooks. Right, and right. Guys, but. Anyway, so what about you guys? What uh, what do you think you'll walk away with memory-wise from these books? I just love that all the animals have their own dialects. <laughs> and the moles are great, and so are the sparrows. And So, fun fact... Um, sorry, were you going to go on? Red? No, I, I, that's what I like. Although I, I got to say, I'm very confused about how some relationships happen because shrews eat mice. <laughs> Just yeah. in yeah. real life, that's a little confusing in places. Well, yeah, it. You know what they also? Yeah. You know what they also do? They don't talk. They don't wield swords. They, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I, I think know. we're going mean, like to give a little license here. It's a small thing. <laughs> shrews and weasels are very closely related, but weasels are always bad guys and shrews are always good guys. Right. Yeah, you um, look at a picture of a shrew. Shrew is such a sweet word to say. Shrew? Shrew. It's a, it's a cute word. It's a harmless word. Weasel is a, you know, we've given I, that a mean connotation. I, I, you think we haven't given shrew a mean connotation? It's mm -hmm. just mean and kind of sexist. Yes. <laughs> the taming of the shrew. Oh, I know. <laughs> just saying. I know. Believe me. Yeah, no. I get it. I'm just saying fine. it doesn't that's sound. Fine. It doesn't fine. sound as mean or or. We all have our own connotations. <laughs> Although of the of the similar animals, ferret. That's a great animal. 
It's it's a ferret. The sneakies. I always think ones. I always think a kindergarten cop. It's a ferret. I always think of Beastmaster because he had. Oh yes, Beastmaster. Yeah, that was. I've seen that movie so many times. I love that movie. It's not good, but it's so much fun. No, it's so bad, but I love it so much. You guys, do we have anything else to talk about with the story here? I don't think I like, so. Um, I like this line. Can I, I, I yeah, just yeah. got to read this. Give me a good line. High noontide sun beat down on Orlando the Axe. The mighty badger strode the far reaches of the western plains, blind to the beauty of the flower cobs of grassland, which had turned green to gold. Orlando the Axe was following the fox. I'm like, oh, that goes on the list of good opening lines. That yeah, was a that good one. Good job, that Brian Jakes. I'll give you that one. And now we know that Ken at least read the opening line of the book. I did read the opening line, and then I summed up the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I read the entire book, and it was, it was a book. I, it's, I, can it was I, good. I enjoyed can we, it, actually. Can we riff on that for a second? I just want to go back. I already talked about the repetition point, but, but just because it's – repetitive doesn't mean it's not good you know we if you're gonna take, say repetitious again weren't i you? was you know what i was and i don't want to talk about it it was a very right. painful time <laughs> in my life. so um, repetition does not equal bad you're right no, and right and i enjoyed it i mean i uh anthropomorphic animals are always something that is kind of in uh intrigue you know young me and the young me fun. in my mind so yeah I love talking I just, animals. A good story. I I don't want us to fall into the trap of saying, you know, that X entry into the Redwall series is inferior because it's repetitive. Of course it's repetitive. It yeah. should be repetitive. It was meant to be repetitive. Um and that that's fine. If you took if you took any of these books in isolation, we would have a lot of the same things, a lot of the same praise that we did for Redwall or Mossflower. Yeah, throughout the rest of the series. So, well, and- I mean, there's only so many stories out there, and the fact is, is that we like John Wick, and we also like Mad Max, and the, you know what I mean. Like, those are there's like a certain part of your brain that gets pinged with those types of archetypes. That's why there, there's archetypes. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. No, I think that's absolutely yep. fair. All Every right, story guys. that follows the hero's journey is copying the last story that followed the hero's journey. I mean, by that yep. same token. So, yep. Yeah. And we still yeah. and we still read them, or we still watch them, yeah. because the hero's journey is timeless. Um, all right, well, let's call it there. Unless anybody else has anything burning they need to get off their chest about Matt Mayo, um, I will say I, I'm glad I'm doing this at the end of the episode. We were originally going to do Martin the Warrior. Uh, there was at least one person, maybe a couple people on Discord, being like, rah, 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 you know, kind of grumbling that we had switched to, to Matt Mayo. Uh, but as I recall, the person who made that complaint was not a patron. And you know who is? The person who asked us to switch to Matt Mayo. So if you <laughs> want to, if you want to uh, affect the, the books that we read, the series that we read, uh, you'll have a much better chance. <laughs> if, if we you, pay you. <laughs> if you go to patreon.com slash legendarium. Uh, no, it was actually Panda uh, in the first episode when we talked about Redwall. She goes, uh, I Maybe after we finished recording, I'm not sure. She goes, I do Matt Mayo. So, uh, so that that's Panda's doing. One uh, last burning thing. Okay. These books have the best food porn ever. I love oh, it. Oh, we never even got to the food <laughs> porn. I'm so it. glad you brought it up. What yeah, are you? Yeah, we <laughs> take Because this one is kind of bookended, right? There's, there's yeah. food porn, at, like oh, yeah. huge food porn at the beginning and then huge food porn again at the end. 
right? Well, even the shrews yeah. are like making great food on the trail. <laughs> They're yeah. like making these cakes and stuff. <laughs> it's like, where did you get the oven to make this cake? I How don't this know. Working? I don't know, but it's great, and you can get a red a uh, red wall cookbook if you want one. Yeah, we yeah. found the red wall cookbook. I think uh, during our moss flower discussion, or maybe it was red wall. I, I can't think it was remember. during our red wall discussion. Yeah, red wall discussion. So that would be a, a fun YouTube series i think uh, to do some red wall recipes that'd be red great wall cooking yeah Ooh, the red wall cooking challenge red wall recipes <laughs> um okay yeah no anything else about the food porn other than just that i love it, it and it makes me it hungry was, <laughs> it was um it got me really confused as a kid because I was reading these books. We didn't have audiobooks at the time, right? And I wouldn't have been able to listen to them if we had. Um, and so I thought that these little animals were eating something called pasties. Uh, and it was only later <laughs> that I realized that, no, that's what covers your nipple if you're dancing burlesque. Uh, and that pasties are, in fact, the thing that these uh, mice are all eating. <laughs> Stuff like that. A lot, a lot of little things where it's like. It's a good audio book, by the way. Just so you know. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. Yeah, it's good. Is it pretty good? It's good. Have you, uh, did you guys realize that you can watch the entire Redwall animated series on YouTube? That I didn't know there me. was yep. an animated series. Yeah, there three is. Seasons, three seasons. I think. Three seasons. And Matameo, I think, is season two. Season three. Oh, oh season three. I think it, yeah, yeah, it was season. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. This is. So Redwall was season one. This was season two, and then Martin the Warrior was season three. Maybe that's why people wanted us to do Martin the Warrior, so because it would have followed. But yeah, you just go search for Redwall series, and it you can watch the entire series. (laughs) There you go. And they're you know kind of like the books; they're simple and childlike and pretty lovely, honestly. You want to unplug your brain a minute? Go ahead. So, so ultimately, like I said at the beginning, I'm really glad that we covered a few Redwall books, and I'm also glad that we're done with them. I, I think uh, it'll be nice to dip back into, maybe especially with my kids going forward, but I'm, I'm kind of glad we're done with them. So after this, I think the next Patreon, or it, it was uh, GoFundMe, I think the next GoFundMe book that we're doing is A Wrinkle in Time. So that'll be really fun. I have not read that since I was, ooh, probably 13, maybe something like that. I I was pretty young and I haven't read it since, but I remember really liking it. Uh, Obviously, it's a classic for a reason. And no, I didn't watch any of the adaptations since then. So so I'll be coming to it pretty, pretty fresh again, just armed with positive feelings, I suppose. Anyway, so we'll do that and then we'll do a Game of Thrones. Uh, the opposite of Redwall, uh, except for the food porn thing. Um, so we'll do thing. we'll do both of those if you want to follow along with what we're going to be up to later. Uh, all right, you guys, thanks for uh, chatting for a few minutes and thanks for reading these books. Red, it was nice to have you. It was nice being here, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, everybody. I will just say it one more time. TheLegendarium.com slash... Meetup. That's what it is. Took me a second to remember. Slash meetup. And that's where you can RSVP for the meeting here in Utah. We would love. And I, 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 I'm not just saying that because we want bodies. I, I would love to see you. I would love to meet you um, or see you again if I've met you already. Uh, please, if you have the means uh, and the inclination, come on out. So, all right, everybody. See you next time. Have a good one.